0: The other side of midnight. 77 W-A-B-C. Local Spotlight. Good morrow, everyone. This is the other side of midnight on 77 WABC. I'm Frank Morano. Do you remember the Excelsior Pass, New York's Excelsior Pass, the vaccine card? App that everyone had that was your proof to show your vaccination to go into a restaurant, and it meant that you didn't have to carry your index card around everywhere with the list of all your vaccinations. Well, when is the last time you opened yours? For me, it's been at least a year and a half, probably two years. I, at least a year and a half. I mean, I haven't even, I don't even think I still have the app. I, at one point I did, and I used it occasionally. Haven't looked at it in a long time. Well, Some phenomenal reporting by the Albany Times Union, rather shocking reporting as well. More than two years after its initial announcement, payments to private companies for New York's Excelsior Pass vaccine card app have multiplied well beyond previously indicated price tags to, are you ready for this, $64 million, even as the waning of the pandemic means the app is rarely, if ever, used. Tremendous reporting by the Times Union. The app spending is part of $200 million In contracts with Deloitte and Boston Consulting Group, that is now finally facing some serious scrutiny. This Excelsior pass was one of the lamest things ever. It was launched in March of 2021 as a secure tool to show COVID vaccination status. All it basically did was show your birthday and whether you were vaccinated. And the fact that we have now spent over $64 million of taxpayer money going to private companies, this is again, New York at its finest. This is the Buffalo Bills deal. This is the COVID testing deal. This is the Belmont race Track deal. This is deal after deal where a whole lot of taxpayer money goes into private hands. I'd be curious to know about the people who are making this money and what, if any, political campaign contributions they've made to state lawmakers, to Governor Cuomo, and to Governor Hochul. Tremendous job by the Times Union on this. I'm going to link to it on my Facebook page, facebook.com slash But I find this very fishy. Beam me up. To be. Good morning, everyone. This is The Other Side of Midnight on 77 WABC. I'm Frank Morano. One of the few good things about this migrant crisis in New York City, and I'm really looking for a silver lining here, is it has forced us to re-examine our shelter policies and our policies for dealing with homeless people. Well, now the group... Win, which uh, Christine Quinn, the former Speaker of the City Council, is the head of, they have released a report showing something very interesting, and I confess I was unaware of this, but I find this intriguing. New York City could save up to $27,990 per homeless family with children if it repealed a rule that requires them to remain in the shelter system for 90 days before they can apply for city rental vouchers. That's according to a new report from the shelter provider, Wynn. So understand what the law is now. Before you can apply for a rental voucher for some housing, you have to remain in the shelter system for 90 days. And what Wynn is saying, now obviously Wynn has a vested interest in this because they provide shelters. What Wynn is saying is that if you do away with that, that could save the taxpayers $27,000 and it could save these homeless families three months of their lives. Mayor Adams apparently can do this on his own, but evidently the city council is also considering this as well. An analysis from Wynn found vouchers at $72 per night for a typical family of three cost significantly less than traditional shelters and emergency hotel shelters, which cost $188 and $383 per night, respectively. The report noted that it costs more to house a family in an emergency hotel shelter for a year than to pay for a city F. Heps voucher, for a two-bedroom apartment for five years. So I would like to see an independent analysis of this from uh, some New York City authorities to see if these numbers add up. But I kind of like the idea of this. We are clearly at a shortage of shelter space right now. And if there's something that can be done, which not only saves the taxpayers money, but gets homeless families out of the shelter system and into temporary housing more quickly, I'm all for that. I hope Our leaders look into this proposal. Beam me up to be continued. The other side of midnight. Seventy-seven local spotlight. Well, this is something that is simultaneously pretty scary and pretty exciting for one New Jersey home. You might have heard a little bit about this, but there was a warm object that crashed through a bedroom roof in New Jersey. And experts confirmed a couple of days ago that this was indeed a meteorite. Nate McGee, a physics professor at the College of New Jersey, said that the object that recently crash-landed in a Hopewell home was a 2.2 pound stony chondrite meteorite that was approximately 4.5 billion years old. The meteorite, which local officials described as being about four inches by six inches, struck the roof of a ranch-style home last Monday, and the object went through the roof and ceiling of the home before hitting the hardwood floor, leaving the surface damaged and cracked. Susie Cop, a resident of the home, said that the meteorite had entered her father's bedroom, but said no one had been injured, thankfully. The College of New Jersey said that McGee used visual examination, density measures, scanning electron microscope images and examination and input from a retired meteorite expert before confirming that this was indeed a meteorite. I wonder what they're going to do with it. I wonder if this family gets to keep it. It seems to me if it landed in their house, they should be able to although maybe they'll want to donate it to a museum or to science. You never think that a meteorite is going to come crashing into your house but I guess you never know. The college said in a statement that they put out on Facebook that the meteorite is likely type LL6, so it's lower in iron than most Chondrite meteorites and has been highly metamorphosed by intense heat before entering the Earth's Atmosphere. See, Chondrite meteorites are stony and are formed when dust and grains come together in the early solar system. Hundreds of meteorites fall to Earth each year, according to the Planetary Science Institute. But very few of them are found because they often land in remote areas or in the ocean, or they're not seen falling and are not found. So I guess you never know when a meteorite might be hitting your house. Be careful. Beam me up! To be continued... Other Side at Midnight. Local Spotlight. There is a high school in upstate New York in the capital region. It's Bethlehem High School in Albany County, which is doing something that I think is very interesting and I think a lot of schools are struggling with how to handle the issue of cell phones, specifically smartphones. They've become a scourge in many schools. You have social media that can be abused to bully people or cheer on destructive acts. You can have people playing games during school, watching videos. It's Far more common than using the device to learn. So, a lot of schools started with hard bans on these mobile phones, on having smartphones out during the day, but some districts have gradually eased up over the years. Well, Some school officials are worried that games and videos have replaced in-person interaction. This is something that I have been harping on nonstop. So in Bethlehem, school officials recently decided to ban phones for the entire school day starting in the fall, believing that it will lead to students socializing more. While many schools allow cell phones at lunch and often during study halls, Bethlehem officials are specifically aiming to restrict them during non-instructional time as well. Now, I don't want to endorse this idea yet because if, God forbid, there's a mass shooter or uh, some sort of an emergency, you want a child to be able to use this device in a manner in which they can call for help or report what's happening or record what's happening. But I like this idea. I am very interested in seeing how this works out. In fact, I suggested when my wife and I had a barbecue last year with a lot of people, let's make it a phone-free barbecue. Let's not let anyone bring their mobile phone so they actually have to talk with one another. That idea went over like a lead balloon and everyone was able to keep their phone. But we're going to have another barbecue this year and I'm going to propose that same thing. So I applaud this school in Albany County for at least trying something a little bit different. Beam me up. To be continued.